welcome to Wit Beyond Measure. I'm Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we are discussing chapters 46 through 51 of Pride and Prejudice. Yes, they are pretty dense. Lots of letters. This could this section of the novel is very epistolary, I guess. It is. The right word? Yes. <laughs> Good job yes. remembering that AP English word. It helps that I love Dracula, and when I tell people that they should read it, they're like, oh, this book is weird. And I'm like, it's because it's an epistolary novel. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And I have to explain. But yeah. But a lot of what happens, a lot of the information that we get is indeed in letter form. So, mm-hmm. But I'm going to try to do the really super short summary, which is not really super short. It's not. It's not. It's three pages in my notebook. Welcome to me last week. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So, bear with me. Here we go. Lizzie in Lambton is wishing for a letter from her sister Jane. Luckily for her, two such letters arrive at once. And just so everybody is remembering, this is the day after Lizzie calls calls upon Miss Darcy at Pemberley. Anyway, the gardeners, they leave Lizzie to read the letters in private. They go off on their own. Lizzie stays at the inn. Um, And this is all good. Lizzie needs her privacy because some shit's about to go down. So y'all remember how Lydia went to Brighton with Colonel Forrester and his wife? Well, now she's run off with, wait for it, Mr. Wickham. (gasps) So the whole Bennett family is up in a tizzy because, well, Lydia left a letter for the Foresters that essentially says that she and Mr. Wickham are going to Scotland to get married. Well, the problem is, there's actually yet to be proof that Lydia has been married. She just left in the middle of the night with this man um, saying, oh, hey, I'm going to Scotland to get married. Essentially, though, so like if Lydia doesn't actually get married, it's like the end of her reputation, as well as the end of all of the Bennett sisters' reputations. So this is like a big, big freaking deal. So needless to say, Lizzie is freaking the fuck out. So naturally, Mr. Darcy shows up because he's good like that. And well, at least this time he doesn't propose. So yeah. Anyway, he shows up and Lizzie explains the whole situation to which he replies. Well, he doesn't really reply. He just kind of paces around the room in concern for a while while Lizzie's sitting there and thinking, oh, And while she's sitting and thinking, she comes to the realization that uh, she might actually love Darcy. And side note, yeah, Austin, we need to have a conversation about when you put these like juicy little bits of information into your book, because that was not the time, Missy. Just in the middle of nowhere. We can get to that later. We're going to have a combo, private combo. (laughs) Anyway, so Darcy, after he's done pacing, reads the room a little bit. And uh, decides to leave. But before he does, he, you know, assures her that he'll keep it a secret. He excuses her from dinner at Pemberley that evening. And he just leaves. Uh, That's when the gardeners return from their ill-timed walk. And everybody packs up and heads on to Longbourn. Now, the rest of the chapters are kind of hard to explain in chronological order. Because a lot of stuff happens off screen. So we see that we don't see them firsthand. We see them through the letters. Like I mentioned, it's epistolary. So I'm just going to kind of just tell you what happens with Lydia and Wickham. So Lydia and Wickham leave Brighton in the middle of the night to supposedly go to Scotland to get married. 
Now I'll go into more details about that whole situation later, but essentially it's easier for them to get married in Scotland than it would be in England. Colonel Forrester follows them to try to stop them, to kind of bring Lydia back because, I mean, essentially he's responsible for her because, you know, she's there with him and his wife. He loses track of them, but suspects that they're in London. And eventually, Mr. Gardner and Mr. Bennett both end up in London trying to find them. Mr. Bennett comes back at some point and Mr. Gardner stays there. Obviously, he lives in London and they're going to keep trying to find Lydia. While all of this is going on, it's taking a couple of weeks between when like Lizzie gets back to Longbourn and, you know, everything else happens. So the family is starting to get really concerned and are starting to think that Mr. Wickham actually has no desire to actually marry Lydia because if he did, they would have made it to Scotland and been married by now and they would have heard news from Lydia. So everybody is freaking out except Jane because poor Jane, she's just, you know, Jane and she thinks only good things. Mr. Gardner eventually finds Lydia and Wickham and convinces them to get married under certain circumstances, Wickham has specific requests, etc., etc. So the two get married. And with that news, Mrs. Bennett becomes herself and starts talking about how happy she is and the great news and she's spreading it around town and she gets really, really obsessed with wedding clothes. Um, Mr. Bennett, on the other hand, is not happy. This, this whole section actually ends with Lydia and Wickham visiting Longbourn before they move to the north, which is where... Wickham is going to be stationed from now on. And Lydia doesn't know how to read a room, which we'll get into in detail. But the most important part at the end of these chapters is that Lydia lets slip that Darcy, of all people, was at her wedding. And we, much like Lizzie, end these chapters wondering what the fuck was up with that. (laughs) And that is my not-so-quick summary. Nice. You hit so all the important things. I did. I did. Or at least I tried to. Yeah. <laughs> and then some things that are going to be surprises for you all in this episode that you didn't talk about that I think when we talk about them will be hilarious. <laughs> there are definitely points in here where I was angry and I was just like, what the fuck? And I was also sad and pitiful, like pitying the characters, but I was also just like... I don't know. There's some good moments in here too, though, by mm-hmm. the way. We see the most Mr. bennett of Mr. Bennett. Oh, yeah. Mr. Bennett, this is a big moment of growth for Mr. Bennett. He's mm-hmm. this, like, older guy, but, like, here's here's his grow-up. This is his grow-up mm-hmm. moment, I feel like. Yeah, so remember back in the first episode when I was talking about how I wondered if Mrs. Bennett had growth throughout the story and if she kind of changes her ways a bit. Mm-hmm. I have yet to see that. Yeah. But we definitely see a change in Mr. Bennett going forward. Mm-hmm. And there's one spot in particular where he's talking to Kitty. On one hand, you want to read it like he's just being the parent who's kind of joking and trying to scare the daughter a little bit. But on the other hand, especially after... You really read his uh, section where he's come to the realization of what he's done over his life. You start to think that, yeah, no, he is serious. And what he's going to say is going to come true, which we can get to when we get to that part. Yeah. But yeah. So, Katrina, 
Mm. Where do you want to start? So I thought we would really frame our discussion today around each section of letters that we get. So it makes most sense to start with the first two letters that Lizzie gets in chapter 46 from Mm -hmm. Jane. And the thing is, she gets these two letters on the same day, even though they were sent five days apart, because the address on the first one was written incorrectly, and probably written incorrectly because Jane is like, oh shit, shit's going down. I'm not mm-hmm. even thinking, and then she sends it off, right? That that was how, right. because the first part of Jane's first letter is like, here's what's happening at home, nothing much, this party, mom did that, Mary's doing this, whatever, whatever. And then it's the next day on the same letter, They it's like, so she has the first one, and then next day, wrote the date, and she's like, oh my gosh, Lydia has gone off to Scotland to marry Wickham, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't they, like, find out about it in, like, the middle of the night? Like, the family? Or something? Yeah, that sounds right. I think it came by the evening post. And in this, we we hear, like, how everybody, like, people, they're, the people in the family, they're hopeful that they'll hear from Lydia soon and that she's married. Right now, in this first letter, they're just upset that Lydia would go elope. It's (laughs) It's not, like, horrifically scandalous, Going to elope with Wickham will not ruin her necessarily, but it's upsetting. Like, you, it's not what you do. You don't well, do that. Well, so here's the difference between, like, an elopement and, like, a marriage. Right. So elopement, even in this time, literally just meant going off with a lover. Yeah. So you could, quote unquote, elope without actually getting married. Right. So that's where all of this panic is coming from. Because when I was reading it, I was like, I don't understand why the family is so freaked out. Because when we think of the word elopement or elopement, we just think about going and getting married without anybody else there. You know, like marriage, the act of marriage is what makes the elopement an elopement. But that's not what it was. Right. It was going off with your lover. So even if you weren't married, you could elope but not be married. So that's right. why they're so panicked because they just have Lydia, like she said that she's gone to elope and they're only assuming based off of what Lydia says that they're going to get married, but there's no actual proof of it. Lydia herself believes that she is getting married. Yes. But other than the fact that like Lydia says that there isn't anything that actually proves it. So that's why the family is kind of freaking out more so than you would imagine. Because they're eloping in just that they are off together. So until the marriage has happened, it's a big deal because there isn't a guarantee of marriage at the end of an elopement. Right. But in their first yeah. letter, it, 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 she's writing it so quickly after hearing this news. She's just assuming that the confirmation of marriage is coming. And then when it doesn't, that's when she sends the second letter and mm-hmm. shit really hits the fan. And everybody's freaking out. And like Mr. Bennett's like coming down on Kitty because Kitty knew. Kitty 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 knew knew. that they liked each other. Well, she knew more. And it it alludes to it here and it it alludes to it later that Kitty knew more. Because remember, in the previous section, Lydia had been sending Kitty correspondence that contained Mm -hmm. more details, though Kitty wasn't saying what was in them. Yeah. But anyway, yes. So we find out that or from Jane, that 
Colonel Forrester, came yesterday having left Brighton the day before and said that through Lydia's short letter to Mrs. Forrester, gave them to understand that Lydia and Mr. Wickham were going to Gretna Green, mm-hmm. which is in Scotland. That's where they were going. So that's that when somebody says that they're going there, it's to go get married because it's easier to get married in Scotland than in England because in England at the time, and I, I can go into the history of this a bit later or maybe on like a side thing, but essentially the law in England at the time was that if you were 16, you had to have parental permission to marry and you had to be married in the parish that one of you lived in. And you had to live in that parish for, I think, at least two weeks before you could consider getting married there. But if you went up to Scotland to this Gretna Green, you could just get married and then it would be fine and legal. Mm -hmm. So that's why when people say, oh, we're going to Gretna Green, it's because they can't marry in England in their current circumstances. So they would go there. And that's usually when you eloped and ran away with your lover. You, you went there, got married, and then, you know, everything right. was cool. And that could yeah. also be another clue as to why in the first part they're calm because they knew they were going to go to Gretna Green based on what Kitty said. And, like, they hadn't really figured out at that moment that they hadn't made it there. They didn't get that information until by the time Jane sent the second letter. And so because they didn't make it there, again, oh, no, they're mm-hmm. not married and this is bad. Well. So I just looked and the reason why they freak out more in the second letter is specifically because Colonel Colonel Forrester asked Denny about it. And Denny said Mm -hmm. that he didn't believe that Wickham ever intended to go there and marry Lydia at all. Right. So Denny knew like that they were going off or he, you know, obviously knew because they were gone, but he knew Wickham wasn't planning on marrying Lydia, which Lizzie also comes to the realization oh, hey, there's no reason for Wickham to marry Lydia. No. She doesn't have anything, and this is terrible, but she doesn't have anything going for her that would interest him to Yeah, she can't take that him, happen. Right? Exactly. She has there's no, no money, money, no society, nothing. Yeah. And it's like, Wickham knows this, and so why? And we're going to get to this question later, but I just want to bring it up now. It's like, what is Wickham's motivation? But let's put a pin in that for later. Mm-hmm. This letter ends with Jane being like, Lizzie, don't rush back. And then there's the long postscript where she's like, you know what? I changed my mind. Can you please come home? Because not only do I need you, but I need Mr. Gardner. I need my uncle Mm -hmm. to go into London to find our father because we don't know what he's going to do. He's a bad letter writer. He's not going to be telling us things Mm -hmm. we need to know. So we need my uncle back in London ASAP. Because the, and one of the things I kind of glossed over a little bit in the summary is that, yes, Mr. Bennett actually goes to London before Mr. Gardner does, Mm -hmm. but they do eventually meet there. But Mm -hmm. it's interesting because Mr. Bennett goes there to find Lydia and Wickham. And there's this bit of panic of, of what is he going to do if he comes across them? What's going to happen? Is there going to be a duel? And if he does, are they, is he going to die? What's going to happen? And it's like, which, it's. I feel like that's mostly coming from Mrs. Bennett, like, spiraling. It is. But here's the thing with duels. And I'm just going to throw this, because we're kind of jumping ahead slightly mm-hmm. to Mrs. Bennett freaking out. But duels weren't something that really happened that often. Like, mm-hmm. they're romanticized, and they're thrown in stories and stuff. And, you know, like, Americans have this, like, a couple of our founding fathers were, like, really great at duels and shit like that. But, like, 
they weren't technically not legal. Right. <laughs> you yeah. could legally duel somebody. Mm-hmm. And the people who did do them were actually like the aristocracy. Mm-hmm. So the idea of Mr. Bennett and Mr. Wickham having a duel is just ridiculous. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. It's not there. It's, they're not men of that stature. Like mm-hmm. they don't have that and it's illegal. So like, even if they tried it and a lot of times people wouldn't die in duels because let's face it, those guns weren't very accurate. Uh, you're at, you were actually like more likely to shoot yourself or something mm-hmm. like that. But like, even if they both lived, they would probably be thrown in jail because of it. Because yeah. they didn't have the, like, they didn't, they weren't of the right status to just have the cops be like, eh, no, this is just what it is, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe what could be more realistic is Mr. Bennett and Mr. Wickham either getting in, like, a conflict with words that could potentially lead to maybe a small fist fight at the most, like, at the mm-hmm. grandest thing, but to, like, Worry that Mr. Bennett would be killed by Wickham or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, that's that's a little bit far-fetched. And when we get to that part, we'll see that Mr. Gardner is like, okay, sister, like, calm down. That's probably not going to happen. But at the same time, he's like, he probably knows his sister will keep talking about it. So he's like, I mean, it's in the realm of possibility, but let, I don't think it, you know, he's like really playing yeah. to her. It's, yeah. it's his sister. He knows her. So he knows yeah. how to like work her. Yeah. <laughs> can I just say that I would love to see a Mr. Bennett, Mr. Wickham fist fight? Yeah. Like, can we have that? And and like the next. So I know we're like, not there, but I, the tension, the oh. tension when they do meet yeah. is like. Oh, oh yeah. No. So l- let me put it this way. In the next, like, Pride and Prejudice remake or movie that I see, I want there to be a Mr. Bennett, Mr. Wickham fist fight, but not when they're in London, because they don't meet in London. Mm -hmm. But when they meet in Longbourn, Mm -hmm. which they do, I would just like to see him deck him. And actually, now that I think about it, can we just, like, remake or just film that scene for the 2005 Pride and Prejudice? Because I would like to see Donald Sutherland just punch the shit out of that guy i don't know who plays wickham but i know it's donald sutherland is it donald sutherland is that the guy's first name sorry now i'm freaking out you know the the guy guy who plays president snow yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it is Kiefer sutherland's father right yeah yeah sorry i would just like to see donald sutherland like punch the heck out of the guy who plays wickham just when they're at longbourn and I know it's been a long time since that movie was filmed and I don't know who plays Wickham, but I would still just like to see that and just like edit it in the 2005. Yeah. Place. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Yes. Oh, anyway, so <laughs> so Lizzie gets those letters and now let's talk about the aftermath of those letters because she's like freaking out. She needs yes. to get her uncle ASAP because they got to go so he can mm-hmm. go get Mr. Bennett. She whips the door open and who's standing there? But Mr. Darcy. It's like, Jude, you always show up at the most inappropriate times. Well, it's really funny because the last time he showed up in an inappropriate time was when she was freaking out and sick about what she learned about Jane. Yeah. And he came because he heard that she wasn't feeling well because she wasn't at dinner. This time, he was just going to visit her. Which is intriguing enough as it is. Like, I want to know why he was going to visit. What were they going to talk about? Was it just going to be an awkward situation where they're sitting in a room like they were back at uh, 
back in Kent? Like, what was that going to be like? Was he going to propose I know. Again? I was was just he like, going to apologize? My, in my headcanon, he proposes again. I would think in my headcanon, he wouldn't propose again, but he would kind of like, he would definitely apologize. And I think that he would kind of tell Lizzie his plan from what's going to happen in the next section. Yeah. In the ne- yeah. In the next section mm-hmm. that we're going to get to later. We all know it's going to happen, but right, I don't want right, to right, spoil right. just no, in case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In case you're reading along, I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, I think I would like to think that he would let Lizzie in on what's going on with that to kind of like apologize and stuff. And then after all of that happens, then he would maybe propose, yeah. but it wouldn't be at this point. I think that there would be other stuff, but I think he would want to like ease Plant any tension, melt any ice. Yeah, because she's supposed to be at dinner at his house that yeah. night. So, and also Lizzie is like wondering, does he still like me? Does he still like me? So if he comes back, he's like, oh, he does still like me. Like he might be planting those seeds. Oh my gosh, I just had a thought because Bingley is also supposed to be at the house that night. So if so, if Darcy did go to the inn to explain to Lizzie his plan that again we're gonna get to, maybe we'll talk about this next time after we get to the plan. Okay. All right, but I just think that I just think that it. it's supposed to make yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll get back to that. I'm writing a note. <laughs> yes, but anyway, we're gonna stop talking about what we think could have happened and actually talk about what happens, and that yeah. is that Darcy is there. He sees her in this state, and she's like, "I can't talk to you. I have to get my aunt and uncle right now." And he's like, "Okay, but you can't because you look like you have seen a ghost. You're pale. You're not well. You're shaking." And Lizzie's like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. I am." And so they send the servant off to go get the aunt and uncle, and Darcy stays with Lizzie. And Lizzie basically explains the contents of. The letters that she's just received. She lets Darcy know Lydia has gone off with Wickham and we have no confirmation that they have been married and we think they might be here. I was going to say, which is interesting that she would explain this whole situation because in all honesty, she does want to keep it private and she probably doesn't want to bring up Wickham around Darcy because of, oh, I don't know, the whole her sister situation that she is the only person that really knows about. So it'd be kind of like, oh yeah, let me bring up this guy, salt and wound. But, um, but I, she's just in, well, I was just gonna say, she's just so upset and she's just in this tizzy that she just needs to let it out. And he's there and he's very comforting to her in that sense too. Like he's clearly concerned. And when he actually walks in, his first thing he says is, good God, what is the matter? And he, he cried with more feeling than politeness. He actually broke that shield of propriety almost kind of like, Kind of like when Lizzie found out that Charlotte was engaged to Mr. Collins and how she reacted just emotionally. He did the exact same thing. And I think she recognized that. So like, actually, I just I wrote even a note. I'm like, oh, like this is an emotional response like Lizzie and Charlotte when yeah. uh, she found out about Charlotte's news. So like she's like, oh, he's he is concerned. So I'm going to like, she's in such a tizzy so that that knowing that this person is concerned is comforting for her in that moment. So she just lets it out. So I I think, yeah, I agree with that. Like, she's just so shocked and she just got this news just now. And all of a sudden Darcy's here and she has to like let it out or she might explode if she doesn't. But also, I think telling him what happened with Lydia and that it is Wickham might be kind of reassuring because here's a man who knows what it's like to mm-hmm. have a family member be in the power of Mr. Wickham. Here's oh, somebody yeah. who can relate to what I'm going through. And I I don't think she's meditating on that point 
at the time. Like, she's just so worked up, it blurts out. But she does think back to this later, and she's concerned because she just told him all this, and now there's no possible chance for him or for her to potentially be with him. And even in that moment, after she lets it all out, and he, you know, she's watching watching him pace up and down the room, she observed him. And she, in her thoughts, she's like, her power was sinking. Everything must sink under such a proof of family weakness, such an assurance of the deepest disgrace. So, like, because of the shame that Lydia has brought on the family, his estimation of her is sinking. Mm -hmm. That's how she's interpreting it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, she's definitely thinking at this point, like, I don't know if it's exactly in this moment or if it's later, but she's thinking back to all of those things that he said in his initial proposal about how her family was crap and how he was willing to look over or look beyond it because he loved her. She knows that this, this scandal, he can't even look like he can't. There's nothing that can be done. So even if he does still like her, this it's a deal breaker, which sucks because in that same section, she starts to realize that she loves him. Like she actually says, never had she so honestly felt that she could have loved him as now when all love must be vain. Yes. This, okay. This is what irony is. Alanis Morissette, this is what irony is. (laughs) Sorry, but like, this is it. (laughs) And this is the moment that I need to have a conversation with Austin about. Like, you have us all panicked, all freaking out about Lydia and what's going on. And now Darcy's here and Darcy is being all Mr. Pacing back and forth and brooding and thinking and being all stern. And we all are imagining a really, really hot Darcy doing this. I mean, we can't not. So our brain is not functioning and not thinking about how Lizzie is feeling. And then all of a sudden it's like... Wait, did that just say, wait, she could have loved, she loves him? Wait, this is not the place to put this, Austin. You put this at the end of a chapter when we have, when when our brains are ready to move on to the next thing. And then we could be like, love, not in the middle of a brooding Darcy walking around the room. But to me, this feels like the most appropriate place because this is where she would in real life realize, oh, crap, I love him. Yeah. Oh, no, this is the most real reaction ever. Like, this is the, this is a real moment. But still, Austin, come on. I don't want real. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's just in the middle of all of this, she's worried. She's sitting here. Like, the whole time she's been in Derbyshire, she's, did I say Derbyshire? The nope, whole you, time. You said it right. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time she's been in Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Uh, it, whatever. We're not. The whole time. Guys, we're not British. We're American. So <laughs> apologies for us changing the names of everything. We're doing our best. <laughs> the whole time she's like been in Derbyshire, um, <laughs> she has been sitting here and thinking and wondering whether Darcy still likes her. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, like the whole being nervous about coming across him at Pemberley and all of that, and then coming across him at Pemberley and his being introduced to his sister and being invited to dinner and all of the nice things that she's freaking out. And that's the whole concern to this whole time with Darcy is, does he still like me? She never thought, do I like him? Yeah. Until she thinks, well, he can't, like, even if he does, he can't like me anymore. Shit, I like him. This sucks. I know it sucks for you, Lizzie, but because we know it happens, 
<laughs> I just want to tell you, Lizzie, that he still loves you. <laughs> Spoilers, Katrina. <laughs> it's obvious he loves her and he still okay. will. We'll talk like, about that more in depth later, though. But yeah. I don't mean to make a community reference here, but I'm going to. I'm going to be the Abed in that. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but pride ends up with prejudice at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so Lizzie realizes that she loves Darcy, but Darcy can't love her anymore because of the scandal of her sister. Mm-hmm. And then Darcy leaves. Yep. He leaves to go prove that he loves her. But well, she doesn't know love, that, but that's what he does. <laughs> um, so, like I said, he assures her of the secrecy, ex- you know, excuses her from dinner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He wished wished it a happier conclusion than there was at present reason to hope for. Yes. Uh, left compliments for her relations. Yes. And with only one serious parting look, went away. And I feel like that serious parting look was him making up his mind what he's gonna do i feel like in that moment he's like i know what to do and i feel like that is it and then he goes and does it but we'll talk about that later yeah because right now we have to wonder why the fuck wickham is going to agree to marry lydia exactly so yeah that was that was yeah essentially the rest of that section is the gardeners come back they pack their shit and they ride the fuck over to longbourn which takes two days by the way yeah (laughs) When they get there, the children come out and greet them. You know, they're with their parents. Lizzie Mm -hmm. rushes into the house. She embraces Jane. And Jane is very calm. And I know in your in your recap, you're like, Jane, Jane is the only one who isn't freaking out. But I think she is. But because like Mary is just like Mary and Kitty Mm -hmm. is like in in the realm of like potentially going to get more wrath from her dad and mr bennett is gone and mrs bennett is just like being extra af she mm-hmm. has to be calm she can't not be calm yeah because there's four little children in the house that somebody yes. has to be to take care of yes. which i didn't even think of until just now yes <laughs> yes i forgot about those damn kids <laughs> Like the gardeners, I forgot about those damn kids. Like the gardeners pull up and their kids come out and they're like, oh yeah. We have those. (laughs) We have those. Which is funny because there's a statement later on where I think Mrs. Bennett or Lizzie, somebody is like, in talking, in reference to the gardeners, they actually say, oh yeah, they could have more kids. And my thought was, they have four. Isn't that enough? Right. (laughs) Not for then, obviously, but still. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Moving on. Anyway, so so they meet and all these questions. Have you heard from dad? All this stuff. No, no, nothing. No news. And then, you know, they go over that again with the gardeners. And then she takes them up to her mother's apartment, a.k.a. her mother's bedchamber area room. Well, so like apartments would be like there's like her rooms. Like there's more than one. Yeah, room. there's like a sitting room, her bedroom, her toilet things like that or dressing room kind of situation Mm -hmm. walk-in closet (laughs) oh yes and they get up there and whoa just whoa if you thought mrs bennett was like crazy before it just gets worse she is 
out of control. She is thinking like every worst possible thing that could happen in the realm of A, possibility, and B, impossibility. Mm-hmm. She's crazy. She's like, mm-hmm. she goes from Lydia Wickham to, oh, Mr. Bennett to, the Collinses are going to kick us out. Like, whoa, how did you get there in this short span? These thoughts oh. do not connect. How did you yes, do that? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So this is what's <laughs> going to happen. Mr. Bennett is going to find them. Wickham's going to kill Mr. Bennett because Mr. Bennett is going to do something. Uh, Like, fight him? I don't know. Anyway, but Mr. Bennett is going to die, and then uh, the Collinses are just going to move in on Longbourn and kick everybody out. And oh, by the way, Wickham and Lydia still won't be married, so everybody's reputation is going to be down the toilet, so there's going to be zero hope for literally anybody. And then they're going to be paupers, or worse off, they're going to have to live with the gardeners, to which I'm sure the gardeners were just like, huh, nope, uh, that's not happening. Uh. <laughs> but it's funny because after she does all that, that's when Mr. Gardner comes in and he's like, this is the part I was trying to describe before is here's what he says. He's like, don't give way to useless alarm, though it is right to be prepared for the worst. Mm-hmm. There is no occasion to look on it as certain. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Calm your tits. Calm your tits. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and then he assures her, of course, I'm going to go find Mr. Bennett. Of course, there's not going to be a duel. Of course, I will make Lydia and Wickham marry. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm going to do this. And then after he says that, she's like, okay, we'll make sure Lydia doesn't get her wedding clothes without me. <laughs> what? Make sure she has money for her wedding clothes. Like, the wedding clothes come up so often. What? Like, she even says something like, later on... She's like, oh, yeah, I need to write to my sister-in-law, Mrs. Gardner, which this is later mm-hmm. on, to make sure that Lydia doesn't buy her clothes at this certain shop in town or something like that. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, and the Gardners are not going to give in to anything. Lydia's going to get whatever they put on her, and mm-hmm. that's going to be that. And I know we're not there yet, but I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. I love that the Gardners are basically like, Lydia, you fucked up. You're on lockdown. <laughs> like... <laughs> They are being the parents she needs. <laughs> yes. Which which we'll get to, but Mr. Right. Bennett totally realizes that. Yeah, yeah. But of course, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. I want to talk about um, when Lizzie sees Mary and Kitty for the oh my first gosh. time. I, really, I just want to talk about Mary because she's so like, I was reading this and like the first thing that Mary says, I was like, Oh, okay, so let me read it. So the first thing that Mary says is, This is a most unfortunate affair and will probably be much talked of, but we must stem the tide of malice and pour into the wounded bosoms of each other the balm of sisterly consolation. And I read that a few times. I was like, oh, Mary. And then I read the next section and it was just like, oh, cringe. Because <laughs> she like <laughs> turns into like a fire and brimstone like sermon. Like, oh, gosh, you went from like zero to a hundred. Like really yeah. quick. unhappy as the event must be for lydia we may draw from it this useful lesson that loss of virtue in a female is irretrievable that one false step involves her in endless ruin that her reputation is no less brittle than it is beautiful and that she cannot be too much guarded 
in her behavior towards the undeserving of the other sex. Basically, you gotta not do anything scandalous, keep it all tight, because if you step one toe on a line, shame on you forever, bitch. Yeah, and we can learn from what's gonna happen to Lydia, because this is gonna happen to Lydia, mm-hmm. so we're gonna learn from it. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, Mary, like, calm down, but also so, I love well, you. <laughs> it's like, on one hand, Jane is like, no, 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 they're gonna get married and everything is gonna be fine. Like, I'm optimistic, I am hopeful, whereas Mary's like, eh, no. They fucked, and he's not gonna marry her, and Lydia's just gonna be tossed away, like, like the trash yep oh god i loved that i loved that part with mary also just the fact that like all of this drama is happening and she's just like eh, no i'm too busy reading see you guys later mm-hmm. and then we get to the part where jane and lizzie finally get a moment's peace together and that's when they figure out that kitty had known at least mm-hmm. she i mean she knew of the attachment but it is insinuated that she knew potentially more yeah, it, it's insinuated that she knew that Lydia had planned to go to Scotland and marry him. Yes. Yeah. And Lizzie gets to see the note that Lydia wrote to Mrs. Forrester because Colonel Forrester brought it to Longbourn when he went there to relate everything that had happened, which, like, I mean, yes, he should have done that because he was in charge of her, but also, like, Good on you for doing that, mm-hmm. Colonel Forrester. That was like you I feel like you got ahead of the situation because if he mm-hmm. would have maybe like tried to wait it out, disaster. So Oh yeah, no, it sounds like he left like immediately after figuring this mm-hmm. out to like first he sent word to the Bennett so then they knew what was happening and then he like went after them. Yeah. And then when he lost the trail is when he came to Longbourn. Right. Be- but he was just like, fuck this, I gotta catch these losers. So yeah. Yep, and then so we finally get to read Lydia's letter, and she's just, I mean, she's only, she's newly 16. Mm-hmm. and it's, She's 16 in, like, um two months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's just like, ha-ha, guess what? I'm going to go get married. Guess to who? Of course it's Wickham, duh. Like, oh, also, by the way, can you tell this other guy I was flirting with? I'm sorry I won't be there to dance with him, but don't worry, I'll dance with him the next time I see him. Like, oh, my God, girl, like, what's wrong with you? What? I don't want to I'm going to be... go get married, but I also still want to flirt with this guy. Yeah, and, like, okay, I don't want to, like, shame anybody, but also, like, Lydia. Like, that's not how you do things. That's how Lydia does things. I mean, yeah. She definitely does not guard her behavior towards the undeserving of the other sex very well. Right. No, she doesn't. <laughs> Mary, you're, I mean, you're blunt, but you're, you're spot on correct. So the best way to describe Lydia's actions is said by Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, thoughtless, thoughtless Lydia. Mm-hmm. So then after that, we hear about who has come to like, pay visits and Mm -hmm. of course lady lucas has come by which when i read this through the first time i must have missed out on that part because and we'll talk about this probably after this section but when mr collins sends his letter i'm like how does that do no and then i reread and it's like okay there's this mention of lady lucas so she might have sent word but also colonel forrester one of the first places he went to was into Hertfordshire, which is where the Collinses are. And if he's asking around, 
maybe potentially Mr. Collins overheard that. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. how like how near the vicinity he was, but but for sure Lady Lucas coming by and obviously Mrs. Bennet isn't going to conceal anything cuz she can't. Even it's not let me put it this way. Lady Lucas coming by, it's not on Mrs. Bennet to keep this secret from spreading. It's on Lady Lucas. She's the one that shouldn't have been like, "Oh my god, Charlotte." Because right. that's essentially what happens is she tells Charlotte and Charlotte's like, oh my God. Yeah. But then it gets worse because I get it. I get Lady Lucas being like, oh my God, Charlotte, guess what's happened to our friends? Yeah. It could have stopped there. It could have even stopped at her telling her husband because they're married and what the fuck else are they going to talk about because it's Mr. Collins. But then Mr. Collins opens his goddamn mouth to Lady Catherine. I know. So we get a letter from Mr. Collins is essentially where we're going. And I think that's yes. where we just need to start from here. Yeah, that is where we need to go next. It's the most, con- and he he's writing this to Mr. Bennett, and it is so condescending, because he's like, oh. it's like three parts. It's like, one, oh my god, I feel so bad for you. Mm-hmm. Two, I was talking about it to my wife and to Lady Catherine, and mm-hmm. Lady Catherine says that you guys are pretty much fucked. Three, Lydia clearly has been indulged in her behavior, so... It's low-key your fault, but also, you know what? It's not your fault. It was probably innate in her. Oh, hang on a second. That isn't even the worst, worst part of The worst part is the last the part. The worst part is that I'm going to read this part. Yeah. The worst part is, and this consideration leads me moreover to reflect with argument satisfaction on a certain events of last November, for had it been otherwise... I must have been involved in all your sorrow and disgrace. Meaning, had I married one of your daughters, I'd have to deal with this bullshit too. I put brackets around that and I wrote, damn. I literally wrote, what the fuck, dude? Wow. And then later on, when uh, he later says... His advice to his advice for His advice to Mr. Bennett... For Lydia is to leave her to reap the fruits of her own heinous offense. I literally wrote, I hope they never have children. Yeah. Because I don't think Mr. Collins should father children. Actually, can we just castrate him because of this letter? Like, is that legal? (laughs) Oh my God. It's just so bad. It's so bad. But there's no reaction to this letter, which I think is really interesting. I kind of like to think that. Lizzie read it over Jane's shoulder. She ripped it out of her hands and threw it in the fire because nobody else needs to read this. <laughs> no. But also, like, think about being in Lizzie's situation where not only did you previously have this whole thing about Darcy and how, like, how he's not going to look at you this way anymore or anything like that, but now she can't even, like, go visit Charlotte because she knows that she'll be dragged in front of Lady Catherine and have to deal with that whole fucking situation well and the fact that lady Catherine knows the whole yeah. family scandal which is going to be problematic later on well and so like even if you think about it this way so in this moment right now lizzie is reading that lady Catherine knows and lady Catherine is related to mr darcy and so it's getting into that other society so even though darcy was like oh no i'll keep it secret that might not be the case because Lady Catherine is going to talk about it. So mm-hmm. let's say Lydia and Wickham get married and there isn't a big scandal. It's still kind of a big deal. And Lady Catherine is going to fucking talk about it because it's Lady fucking Catherine. Yeah. And she might as well be married to Mr. Collins because they both can't keep their goddamn mouth shut. Right. Anyway, 
But yeah, so Lizzie has to deal with that shit now, too. Yeah, it's but luckily, it's in the back of her head and not the forefront of her mind. Yes, as it should be, because yeah. this letter yeah. is hot garbage. Oh, my God. Like... Fuck you, Mr. Collins. Yeah, Mr. Just gonna, Collins. On record, right here, right now, fuck you, Mr. Collins. And it's so interesting, because I was thinking about this, because this is kind of... If I'm remembering right, this is really the last big Mr. Collins moment we have. He might, mm-hmm. there might be mention of him later. I can't remember um, at this point, but I feel like this is our last big Mr. Collins moment. And it's so interesting mm-hmm. because it goes from like annoyance to cringy to, okay, he might be okay. He's happy now and like, oh, sweet things to, nope, he's the worst. And this is, I think... Like, leaving him on this note was purposeful. We we need to know he's the worst. Uh-huh. And, and I'm trying to refer, again, it's been a while since I've read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, but I'm trying to remember, I'm pretty sure he dies. And I am now more okay with that than I ever have been before in my life. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Collins. All right. So after we get that letter, we actually get more bad news. And then we find out that Wickham has a huge gambling debts and b just debts in general to people in meriton and like other places that he's been brighton. he owes a lot of people a lot of money so they have been in brighton for like a couple of months because mm-hmm. i think lydia went in may which was shortly after the regiment went and it's now august and he has substantial debt in brighton and he's it's only been a couple of months yeah so like if people didn't realize how bad of a person he was before or how untrustworthy he was, this is painting a pretty nice picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrible. And we know at this point, Mr. Garner's like, hey, I'm going to send Mr. Bennett home. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. looking for him. And like Mrs. Bennett reads this and she's like, what? He's coming home, but he hasn't found them yet. And then she's like, who will fight Wickham and make him marry her if he comes away? And I'm like, I wrote, oh, my God, this bitch. Because before she was just like, she was like, I don't want him to fight and die. And now she's like, wait, who's going to fight him? Like, you are a walking contradiction, Mrs. Bennett. Yep. And then after that, it's like Mrs. Gardner went away in all the perplexity about Elizabeth and her Derbyshire friend. It's just like, it just does a whole thing to the next. I know. And it was like the end of the last section where it's just like, they both wanted to talk about him on the carriage ride back to the end, but neither one of them did. And it's just like, come on. Yeah, and they still haven't talked about him because she, Mrs. Gardner is still thinking about it. But also it's really sad when Mrs. Gardner goes away because now Lizzie and Jane have nobody sane. They have no sane adult with them. Right, but those four children are gone, so yay. That's true. <laughs> and Mr. Bennett comes home. And mm-hmm. he's he's not happy, but he's trying to be normal. Like he, he's trying he to stay trying. optimistic. Yeah, he's trying to kind of channel a bit of Jane. Yeah, in that okay, it's going to be fine. We're going to find them. They're going to be married. Everything is fine. Yeah, but but he, he's also like he blames fuck. himself. Yeah, he which really, good in some way. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, like he sh- he even talks about like let me put it this way. I really wanted Lizzie to be like, I fucking told you so. And he says, Lizzie, I bear you no ill will for being justified in your advice to me last May, which considering the event shows some greatness of mind. So he's just like, please don't say I told you so. I know I should have listened. You were right. And I didn't. Yeah. So he's he's coming like he's admitting that he did wrong and he's starting to realize 
I've done a lot wrong. I have been on the back burner for most of my daughter's lives and have let them do these crazy things. Yeah. And it needs to stop now while there's still hope for Mary and Kitty. Mm-hmm. Specifically Kitty. Specifically Kitty. Which, I mean, he flat out tells Kitty. Because he's he says something like, You're not going anywhere until oh, you're Kitty. 30. No, he says, uh, he says something like, oh, well, eventually Kitty's going to run away. And then Kitty's like, I'm not going to run away, Papa. If I should ever go to Brighton, I would behave better than Lydia. To which he responds, you go to Brighton? (laughs) No, that's not going to happen. Nope. I do like how he says, essentially, Kitty, you're not going to get to do any of this fun stuff. No officer is allowed in my house again, or even to go through the village. You're not allowed to go to balls unless you're standing up with one of your sisters. And you are never to stir out of doors till you can prove that you have spent 10 minutes of every day in a rational manner. (laughs) And it says that Kitty took these threats in a serious light. So it tells me that uh, he's like, Mr. Bennett, don't get me wrong, is serious. Like he has Mm -hmm. learned to be cautious, as Mm -hmm. he said. But he is also like being a little bit facetious as well. Right. Yeah. Especially his last line. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, do not make yourself unhappy. If you are a good girl for the next 10 years, I will take you to a review at the end of them. <laughs> that's the part. I literally wrote LOL. Because yeah. that's where he's being funny. But the yeah. other stuff, he's being serious. That Yeah, mm-hmm. no, he's going to crack down. Oh, yeah. Like, for it sure. might not be as bad as as he's saying, but he is going to crack down on, on Kitty. Yeah. Really quick, I want to go back to what you had said before about the Lizzie and like, oh, yeah, I told you so. It's partly because, like, Lizzie knew a lot more than what she had mm-hmm. s- said to him. And not saying this as an excuse to Mr. Mr. Bennett at all. He, mm-hmm. even if Lizzie had never told him, I still think he should have taken her seriously. But because we know that Lizzie knew so much more than what was said, and this is a reoccurring theme that Lizzie keeps thinking about, is, like, I knew. Mm-hmm. And she, like, starts blaming herself, kind of in the way Mr. Bennett is blaming himself. Even though it's different situations, obviously. Mr. Bennett is the parent, and yes, there is some blame. He should have been checking her. But, like, Lizzie feels a lot of it, too. And I think Mm -hmm. when she says to him, do not be so hard on yourself, when he's, Mm -hmm. like, in this, like, downward kind of shame spiral, I think that's also her telling herself that as well. I agree. Yeah. So then. Then we get some good news. This is where you get good news. So go ahead. You, you take over. So this is where we get some good news. Mr. Bennett gets a letter from Mr. Gardner saying that they have discovered Lydia and Wickham. And Jane's like, oh, thank God they're married. And she's like, they are not married. <laughs> yeah, Lizzie's just like, uh, they are not married, nor can I find there was any intention of being so. Exactly. But Mr. Gardner is like, I'm going to handle this situation. Mm-hmm. So I am going to perform the engagement mm-hmm. if it's cool with you, brother. If it's cool mm-hmm. with you, Mr. Bennett. And of course it is. He knows mm-hmm. that. So he's like, here's what we got to do. This is what Mr. Gardner and Wickham has agreed upon 
to get Mr. Wickham to marry Lydia. And Mr. Gardner is speaking for Mr. Bennett. Mm -hmm. And this letter is kind of not just, not only explaining to Mr. Bennett what's going on, but to get that last second confirmation. Hey, are you okay with these circumstances? And if so, then this is what's going to happen. If not, I have to renegotiate. But Right. Exactly. This is what, this is what it is. So, so it's, Lydia's equal share of the 5,000 pounds secured among your children after the decease of yourself and my sister, and moreover, to enter into an engagement of allowing her, during your life, 100 pounds per annum, or per year. These are conditions which, considering everything, I had no hesitation in complying with as far as I thought myself privileged for you. So, like... That's what he needs. Basically money. Mm-hmm. And the money is, it's not just a bribe. It's so that Wickham can handle his, all of his debts that he has. And then still have some income. Obviously it's not a lot. But at least it's like something to kind of entice him to stay with her by giving additional money each year. Well, so in terms of the debts being discharged, it sounds like, Later on, Mr. Gardner says, I'm happy to say that there will be some little money, even when all his debts are discharged, to settle on my niece in addition to her own fortune. Mm -hmm. So that, and I think even the Bennets later on take that as Mr. Gardner is going to give Wickham a a sum of money that he doesn't say how much, but it's going to be enough to pay off everybody in Brighton, pay off everybody in Meryton, et cetera, et cetera. And then Wickham will still have some money left over on top of the hundred pounds a year. So that hundred pounds a year, he doesn't have to worry about putting into his previous debts. Exactly. So it's essentially Mr. Gardner comes in and says, okay, Mr. Bennett, you have to give us this and this. Uh, He's all good with that because I'm going to cover the rest. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it's almost like Mr. Gardner is putting down the down payment. Yeah. And Mr. Bennett just has to make the monthlies. Yep. Yep. And then Lydia's potentially house. and then also potentially pay <laughs> Mr. Gardner back. Yes, but that isn't specified at all by Not Mr. Yet. Gardner. No. I mean it's on Mr. Bennett's side, that's what he's yes. going to do because he does say that yep. later. But of course we know we know where the money Shh. really comes from. Shut but anyway. up. <laughs> no spoilers. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I'm just saying, like, that's that's we don't know thinking. where the money is because Mr. Gardner doesn't tell us. So we don't know anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so Lydia is a house. Mr. Gardner makes the down payment and Mr. Bennett has to pay the monthly. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because there's this back and forth, you know, between him and Lizzie and Jane. Like, oh, did you write? Did you write him back? And Jane's like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> like Lizzie's like, come on, come on. And Jane's like, oh, good. And so, of course, he's going to do that. But so Lizzie has this line. And may I ask, said Elizabeth, but the terms, I suppose, must be complied with, meaning the money. And Mr. Bennett's like, complied with? I'm only ashamed of his asking so little. And I was like, I wrote a little ha next to it because mm-hmm. to be marrying Lydia, it's not a little sum of money, but because he's marrying Lydia, it's a little sum of money. Like there's Mr. Bennett's joke coming through. Yeah, and and it actually, I think it's like kind of pointed out straight out somewhere. I think it might be Lizzie. Somebody pretty much says that, yeah, no, like they're going to need more money because Lydia spends money like nobody's business, Mm -hmm. which 
let's reflect back on what was said about Mr. Wickham's mother mm-hmm. and how she would shop them out of house and home by spending so much money. And that's why Mr. Darcy Sr. is the one who paid for Mr. Wickham's education because Mr. Wickham Sr. couldn't because Mrs. Wickham spent all her money on probably really ugly bonnets. Yep. Oh, the connections that we're making! <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then they ask their dad if they can share this news with Mrs. Bennett. And he's like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> like, essentially, he's like, I'm just done. I don't, yeah. I don't care. And so they do that. And immediately, Mrs. Bennett goes from like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, spiral to, oh, I got to get her wedding clothes. I got to mm-hmm. find a house for her. I got to get her servants. I got to get her out all these things. I got to go tell everybody in town. She's like, yep. oh, man. Oh, my dear, my dear Lydia, this is delightful indeed. She will be married. How I long to see her and to see dear Wickham, too. But the clothes, the wedding clothes. Oh, my God. I know. Lizzie, my dear, run down to your father and ask him how much he will give her. A.K.A. how much is Mr. Bennett going to spend on Lydia's wedding clothes? And my, oh, man, I was just like. Damn, bitch, you're gonna, you're gonna ask the man who just has to, like, like, what an assumption to assume that Mr. Bennett is gonna give Lydia money for her wedding. He's not. No! He later says that he doesn't want to ever see her again. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Like, like, I think Mr. Gardner says something like, oh, they want to come to Longbourn. And Mrs. Bennett's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And Mr. Bennett's just like, no. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want them here. Yeah, but before that happens, we get mr bennett's internal thoughts and he's reflecting mm-hmm. on his life and how he's raised his children well so we also get lizzie thinking about lydia and this whole situation especially now that they know that the gardeners are doing so much to help with this situation they're putting in money they're possibly hurting their own future by putting down this money to pay these debts because Again, they're just assuming that Mr. Gardner is paying all of this money. And while, yes, he has some money, he's not rich. Mm-hmm. Like, he has enough money, but he has four kids. And that's at some point in this section is where they say that he could have another kid. Mm-hmm. You know, that they shouldn't be paying for Lydia. And, you know, I think Mrs. Bennett kind of starts to feel that a little bit like, oh, no, my brother shouldn't be. But at the same time, she's just like, oh, he has money and all we've ever gotten from him are presents. And, you know, he should be he should be giving us some money to help because he's family. Whereas Mr. Bennett is feeling guilty because he knows he has to pay Mr. Gardner back and he doesn't know how. Uh, But Lizzie pretty much says about Lydia, if such goodness does not make her miserable now. She will never deserve to be happy, which essentially means that if Lydia doesn't feel guilty or at least grateful, Lydia should feel guilty for what she has forced her uncle to give up for her and her family's honor. So if Lydia doesn't feel guilty, then Lydia is never going to be a happy person. She's she's just never going to be a good person, Mm -hmm. you know, so and I thought that that was pretty interesting statement. About Lydia, because we all kind of know that Lydia is shallow. And so Lizzie thinking, you know, looking at her and being like, no, she is naive. She is this kind of shallow person. I hope that deep down she realizes what what her uncle has done for her. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, so we get we get Mr. Bennett's inner monologue 
To which I respond, I bet he's regretting a few of those things he said about Wickham in the past. Yeah. Here's a question I had. So we know that Lydia needs 5,000 pounds to marry Wickham, essentially. Like, to make the marriage happen, Wickham needs that 5,000 pounds that is Lydia's portion of the inheritance. But isn't it the whole inheritance? It's, no. So it says that when Mr. Bennett dies... He has to make sure that Lydia is still going to get her portion of the 5000 So, like, essentially, it's a guarantee to make sure that Mr. Bennett doesn't write Lydia out of the will mm. because of this wedding. Got it. So, but she's not getting 5000 She's getting a portion of it, which there's five daughters, so you would think that's a thousand pounds. Got it. But later, he says something like, it's only 50 I was confused by that, but that just, I might have misread that. But if you do the math, 5,000 pounds divided by five people is 1,000 pounds. So when Mr. Bennett dies, Lydia will definitely get her 1,000 pounds because that that's... I see it now. Her equal share of the Mm 5,000 pounds. I missed that of part. I don't know why I kept missing that because I was like... Why would she have 5,000? That makes no sense. Yeah, no, okay. the, uh, that being in the contract of the wedding is essentially so that Mr. Bennett can't write her out because he doesn't like the fact that she married Right. Yeah. Got it. Thanks. That clears yeah. that up. So I just want to point out that uh, one of the things that Mr. Bennett kind of comes to realize is how foolish he and Mrs. Bennett were in terms of money. Because, well, yeah, they they make some money. We've talked about this in the past. And they're not well off. But Longbourn makes some good money. And when they got married, they just assumed that they would have a son. You know, everybody has a son. So Longbourn would be in the family. It would continue to make this money. Then it makes it's like, what was it, 2000 a year? Yeah. Yeah. So it would continue to make that much money a year. And all of the daughters that had been born or that were being born would be taken care of by the son that's eventually going to come. Now, every time there's a new pregnancy, oh, it's going to be a son and everybody will be fine. So by the time Lydia shows up, uh, they start to realize, or at least Mr. Bennett, thinking back, is like, oh, we should have been saving because we didn't get a son. And because they weren't saving, it's now too late to do anything about it. Because now not only do they have five daughters they have to pay for, but Mrs. Bennett is used to a certain way of living And there's just not enough time between when Lydia was born and now to have built up enough savings to make sure that all of the daughters would be comfortable after he passes away. And it's just kind of really sad to me because, yeah, like the whole idea of, well, no, they'll have a son and Longbourn will stay in the family and, you know, Mr. Collins won't get it and it'll be fine. Everybody will be taken care of. And then it just didn't happen. And it's just kind of sad a little bit because he's coming to this realization now but at the same time, he should have thought about it before. But also, it's kind of sad, you know? Yeah. 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 Hindsight is twenty twenty kind of situation. That's literally what I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. After this kind of thinking that Mr. Bennett has, because it's kind of sad because there really is no conclusion to the thinking other than that Mr. Bennett writes back to Mr. Gardner forever in his debt and nothing to Lydia because he's so mad. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Gardner writes again asking, can 
Lydia and Mr. Wickham come see you on their way up north. He's letting them know what Wickham is going to be doing because the militia isn't a good idea for him. So he could potentially be making more money if he actually joins the army. And he'll be stationed up north and that's where they'll be going to live. But on their way up there, can they stop at Longbourn to see you? And And Mrs. Bennet is like, yay! And Mr. Bennet is like, fuck that. Well, so um, before we get into the end section, which is something we're seeing as it's happening firsthand, no more letters. uh, I want to talk a little bit about, and I kind of want to hear what you have to say about Lizzie's constant thinking about how unhappy Lydia is going to be. There's just always this, like, she's going to be unhappy. She's going to be unhappy the whole time with her and Wickham. I don't think she's going to be unhappy. Lydia is just too much like her mother to be unhappy. I think Lydia is going to be exactly like her mother, where... She'll be talking all the time, like, she'll she'll have her own kids that she can, you know, boss around and make make them listen to her. I, I mean, in the sense that, like, you think about people's lives and their happiness, no, she isn't going to have, like, a happy life in that sense. But I don't think she's going to realize that she's not going to have a happy life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, because Lizzie at some point says, you know, like, they, like, she's not, like, Lydia's not going to have money. Like mm-hmm. living with Wickham, it's, he's just not going to have any money. And I mean, they'll have money to live, but not money to spend. Right? Oh no! Right, right. right. Yeah. She's not going to be living it, like a wealthy lifestyle like she had initially hoped, or that at least Mrs. Bennet had hoped for, like Jane, right, and such. You know, and then Lizzie is sitting here questioning the actual, like the actual happiness of their relationship. And I think that the best, I think that the best way it's summed up for Lizzie is right here, where she's pretty much saying. Like, how much happiness can come to a couple who were brought together when their passion for each other, quote unquote, was stronger than their virtue, which yeah. is essentially like you don't marry a guy just because he's hot. Right. And so I just think that that's really interesting that it kind of goes back to the whole like, well, everybody trusted him because he was cute and had good manners. Well, Lydia married him because he was cute and had good manners. And in the first instance where you trusted him because of those qualities, turns out he stabs you in the back. Now Lydia is marrying him because of those or because of those things, and that probably means she's going to be unhappy forever. And I just I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you know what? Now that we're on this topic, before we get to our end section, because this might help us um, really analyze that end section. So we're talking about Lydia, and we know why Lydia married Wickham, right? She mm-hmm. liked the attention she was suddenly getting from him. She's marriage crazy. Mm-hmm. Why does Wickham want to marry Lydia? Yeah, why does why does he go off yeah. with her? Yeah, even if he even if there wasn't the intention of marriage, why did he go off with her? Yes, and I have a theory. Okay, and I can't remember if my theory is just me having this theory now, or if I'm like subconsciously remembering a detail either from later in the book. Or a detail from a movie that wasn't in the book. I'm not sure where this theory has come from. But it feels kind of deja vu-like. Okay, so essentially you are prefacing this with this may or may not be an original theory. Yeah, it may or may not be based on actual events in either the book or the movie. I'm not sure. This may or may not not be a true story based on on events. Right, exactly. (laughs) So here's my theory. Okay. And it's a stretch. Okay. I think Wickham, whether consciously or subconsciously, 
is motivated to run off with Lydia, not just because he's careless or whatever, because that is what Jane and Lizzie kind of think. They do kind of say, like, it's like a careless, like, spur-of-the-moment thing. He was desperate. He had to get away from his debts that he had. And, oh, here's a cute girl who likes him, so he's going to take her with him, right? That's Mm -hmm. their thought. But I think maybe there might be a little bit something that is more sinister. And I think Wickham could be motivated subconsciously or consciously by revenge. And it's revenge on A, Darcy, and Mm -hmm. a little bit on Lizzie because we know his and Lizzie's last meeting, Lizzie alludes without outright saying that she knows the real story and Wickham is disturbed by that. And Mm -hmm. what if, like, on a subconscious level, he's, like, gonna take Lydia as a, hey, Lizzie, you better be careful what you know and say about me kind of thing. And also, hey, Darcy, I have suspicions that you at least, like, like, maybe... You know, I don't think he knows anything about Darcy loving Lizzie, but like he knows that like mm-hmm. there's at least some kind of favoritism there on mm-hmm. some level. And hey, Darcy, you better watch out because I'm going to ruin this girl that you like to hang out with and talk to kind of thing. Well, so even if it isn't Darcy specifically like that, it could also be that, oh, I'm going to ruin this family to get at Darcy because Darcy's best friend wants to marry Jane because he yeah. does know that. Yeah. So if he's like, like okay, that. well, I'm going to do this. And now your best friend can't marry this girl mm-hmm. that he loves. So it's kind of a stab at Darcy because Darcy will, will make that connection. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get, I get that. And so like, I was thinking that too, like, okay, so is it Wickham trying to get back at Darcy in some way? Because again, if there was no intention to marry He's just going to fuck Lydia and be done, whether they actually do that or not. Is, right. You know, that's, we know that's they live together. Irrelevant. We know they yeah, live together. Yeah, and that's together. scandal enough. Yeah. And that's scandal yeah. enough. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I was kind of thinking that, too. But then, and I don't remember exactly when we kind of find out that Bingley is definitely not going to be with Jane. I don't think that Wickham knows the whole story. I think he just okay. is like, oh, well, Bingley will be back eventually. Right. So, I think he still thinks that like Jane and Bingley are going to be a thing because, and this, this is what started this, this thought for me is when Mrs. Bennett hears that Mr. Bennett is coming back and she says, Oh, Lydia doesn't have any brothers to stick up for her who will force Wickham to marry her. No, Lydia doesn't have any brothers, but she might have rich brothers in law. Right. Because Wickham doesn't know that Bingley didn't come back for the summer and isn't married to Jane because last he knew Bingley was just gone for the winter and he's been gone all summer so for all he knows Jane and Bingley are married and Bingley has a lot of money so he could be marrying or going off with Lydia to get money from Bingley who is now Lydia's brother-in-law yeah I could see that I feel like Mm -hmm. Lydia would like tell him that but also you know maybe maybe not yeah yeah who knows yeah. Or, or you know, like, even if Jane and Bingley were only engaged. Right. That's somebody else he can, he can. There's use. still a connection. Yeah. No, he, he, I think he's entirely motivated by money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he needed to leave the militia because of the debt circumstances that he put himself in after 
three months of being there, then yeah, like Lydia is somebody who's willing to go with him, gives him this attention, and there is a possibility of getting money out of it. Yeah. And if there isn't, he can just leave her. Yeah. Because he's already fucked up his entire career in the militia by just going in the first place. Right. And so if, yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of screwed no matter what. He's screwed if he stays or... Right. Yeah. So his career is fucked anyway. He can't stay in Brighton, so he might as well see what he can get out of Lydia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, even if he had no intention of actually marrying her. Yeah. yeah. So there's just some musings. And like I said, I couldn't remember if I came to that thought based on something I had seen in the movie or later on in the book or if it was just like a thought I had. But I'm excited yeah. to see if that comes up. Yeah, the whole time I was reading it, I was thinking like, why did why would Wickham do it? Why would Wickham do it? Like I was trying to think that too. So yeah, yeah. So now Lydia and Wickham come to Longbourn because even Mrs. Bennett, who is like really upset that Mr. Bennett won't let Lydia and Wickham come, the girls do kind of plead with him, like we should at least see her, right? We should at least see mm-hmm. for ourselves what has come of this. And that's when he relents and lets and them lets come them come for ten days. Yeah, I know. So right? awkward. Oh. <laughs> now, see, and I'm thinking back to the movie where, like, I'm pretty sure it's just like one thing. Like, yeah. Lydia comes, they say hi, and then they yeah. oh, ten, ten days. days. Oh, feel bad for. I feel so bad for Mr. Bennett. Oh, there's a Mr. Bennett thing I wanted to point out before. Hmm. So, you know, when they were saying, like, when he was in London, how he wasn't writing, and they're like, oh, Mr. Bennett just doesn't write? That just puts so much more on the fact that he wrote Lizzie when she was in Kent with the Collinses. Oh, yeah. Like, he was really fucking desperate for Lizzie to come back. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That just made me go, aw. I know. (laughs) But anyway, poor fucking Mr. Bennett, 10 days with Wickham and Lydia. And... Uh, when they show up, everybody's getting ready for breakfast, and holy fucking shit, Lydia can't read a goddamn room because well, she's walking in. Wickham. Like, well, I mean, I can kind of get why Wickham is just like feeding off of Lydia a little bit, but Lydia is even worse because she's just like walking in, like, "Hi, family, what's up? Hi, I'm married. Oh my god, like, see, aren't you jealous? Congratulate me. Come on, congratulate me. Oh, you're not congratulating me enough. Look, like." Oh, it's not, oh yeah, I ran away with this guy and I've been gone for a month. And you guys were probably really worried. And I was on lockdown in London with the gardeners. No, look, see, I'm the youngest and I got married and I'm so, like, love me. And Jane, I'm taking your place as the person next to mom in the hierarchy because I'm married and you're not. I, no, I can totally see Lydia doing that. That didn't shock me. What shocked me is Wickham acting like, Everything he did was normal and okay. And then he has the gall to talk to Lizzie as if they are friends. Uh Uh-huh. Like, no. He asks about his friends in Meriton. Like, oh, hey, how is everybody? I haven't talked to anybody in a while, Lizzie. Like, how are they? And Lizzie's just like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. She has to leave the room. Yeah. Yeah, she leaves the room. She's just like, fuck this noise. I'm surprised she didn't flip the goddamn table. My God. But so the other thing, and this is what I wanted to get to when I was talking about whether or not Lydia will be happy. 
you think Lydia will be happy. I mean, I think so, she'll think she's happy. Right. Well, I kind of disagree. I think that this is going to wear thin really quickly. And I say that because I wanted to come to this point. So Lydia tells the story about how when they're coming into town, she they pass somebody that they know. And she takes off her glove and puts her hand on like the sills of, of like the carriage or whatever. So then that person can see that she's married now. And she's like showing it off. And like the whole 10 days she's longborn, she's like in town and telling people and being like, oh, I'm married. See, ha ha that's gonna end eventually mm-hmm. she's not gonna get that like praise and like being in and the jealousy that she thinks people have and she's not gonna get to show off and i think that's the point where she's gonna start to realize that she isn't happy because she's not getting that and then i think something else i think she's gonna put herself into a scandalous position again or have something happen that she can get that again you know like she she's an attention whore and eventually people are gonna stop paying attention and she's gonna have to do something else I think once she gets up north, she'll have, like, a whole mess of new people to talk at, and that will sustain her. I don't think for long, though. And I do think that she will get bored, and there will be, like, some kind of scandal, because we know she's such a flirt. Yeah. So I agree with that part, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up cheating on each other. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, with the whole, like, oh, tell what's-his-face that I'll dance with him at the next ball. Like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and we know wickham doesn't actually want to be with lydia right so yeah yeah but then then we get to the end mm-hmm. of these sections where essentially lydia sits down with her sisters and she goes to lizzie and she's like oh my gosh lizzie i didn't tell you what happened on my wedding day let me tell you i've already told everybody else but i'm gonna say it again anyway essentially like our uncle was supposed to walk me down the aisle But then, like, right before the wedding, he had to go to this meeting, and I didn't think he was going to do it, and I got really concerned that it wasn't going to happen. But don't worry, he showed up anyway. And so, like, he walked me down the aisle and everything was fine. But now that I think about it, you know, it would have been okay had he not been there. I still would have gotten married because Mr. Darcy could have walked me down the aisle. Oh, snap. Yeah, to which Lizzie is just like what mr darcy was there and lydia's like oh yeah no i wasn't supposed to tell you that my husband's gonna be so upset if he finds out i can't tell you anything else i'm so sorry i'm gonna drop this bomb and then walk the fuck away she wanted to tell lizzie about darcy she oh yeah she didn't tell anybody else that at the when she was retelling her story but she purposefully waited so that she could tell lizzie about Darcy mm-hmm. and then walk away because she can't say anything else because her husband will be so upset so like I said at the end we sit here thinking like why was Darcy at Lydia's wedding well we can start putting the pieces together but Lizzie's just like what the fuck yeah well and even sh- Lizzie is like okay I know I can't ask but I'm so tempted and like I feel like she's about to ask and Jane is like if it's supposed to be a secret then you better stop <laughs> And walk away. Like, it's like Jane puts her foot down. Jane is just like, Lydia, if it's supposed to be a secret, you better stop now. I think Jane has even gotten to the point where she's just like, I've had enough. (laughs) 
you are a married woman now. Act like it. I wonder if Jane got actually like got knocked down a peg or got pissed once Lydia was like, oh, Jane, look, I'm taking your place next to mom. I wonder if Jane was just like, fuck you, bitch. That's it. Like cracks knuckles Gloves and is just are like waiting. Off. Yeah, waiting for the moment. And then this is the moment where she's just like, Lydia, shut the fuck up. If this is supposed to be secret, better stay goddamn secret. <laughs> Ooh, remake, remake. Jane punches Lydia in the face. <laughs> Well, Lizzie isn't going to just drop it. She is going to write to her aunt and basically be like, aunt, tell me everything that happened about Darcy. Mm -hmm. I know we didn't talk in person, but okay, let's open that floodgate now. I want to know everything that happened. And aunt, if you don't tell me, I'm going to have to devise some more scandalous ways to find out. She's pretty much like, you need to tell me exactly what happened with Lydia's wedding. Because you're the only other person that knows. Like, you have to tell me everything. Yeah. I shall certainly be reduced to tricks and stratagems to find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never seen the word stratagems written out before. That's, it's fun. It's a fun word. But yeah, so that's the end of this section, which was pretty dense. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another long episode. Because <laughs> so much yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to, like, we're pretty much toward the end of the book. We have, like, two sections left. So things are going to be kind of dense for these these ending episodes. So, But we yeah. truly appreciate you sticking with us. Thank you so much for listening. We wouldn't do this if it weren't for you. And thank you to everyone who has downloaded our podcast so far, who has listened to us. We truly appreciate it. And I know we mentioned this last week, but I'm just going to reiterate it. Please write to us and tell us, maybe questions you have tell us what you either agree or disagree with us about when we interpret these books because it would be so cool to do an episode where we talk about your feedback on pride and yeah. prejudice yeah we would love to have a Q&A episode or just a discussion based off of audience suggestions kind of episode where we talk about these things because whether you're reading along or you're just listening to us or you've read the book, like you, you probably have your own theories or your own ships or your own like ideas of what you want the remake to be or your own head cannons and everything like that, which, you know, we have them, you have them. Let's talk about them. Let's go over them. Let's discuss, like, let's build a community where we're discussing about this stuff. Cause that would just be super exciting. Yes. So Yeah. Like I said, you you can find us on Twitter, sort of. I'm working on it. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. You can email us through our website. Just let us know. And thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next week. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. We are hosted on Podbean, but you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at withbeyondmeasure.com, or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. 
I'm going to say that again. It's W B M podcast. <laughs>